Hey everybody, Fran Frischella here and welcome to this week's World of Basketball, the podcast that takes you around the basketball globe. Uh, We've been to six continents with guests from every walk of basketball life. We've had college and NBA players, EuroLeague players, NBA executives, coaches from around the world, and we love bringing you basketball content that has a connection to uh, life outside the United States in some way, and uh, we're really enjoying it as we begin year two on Sirius XM's World of Basketball podcast. Today, my special guest is one of the best point guards in college basketball on one of the best teams in college basketball, Andrew Nemhart of uh, Gonzaga University. Uh, Andrew is uh, a young man that grew up in the suburbs of Toronto, watching guys like Kevin Pangos, another Gonzaga star who has been a guest on World of Basketball, and uh, so he'll join us in a few minutes. Uh, I I love Canadian basketball. I I have many Canadian basketball friends, and uh, my relationship with Canadian basketball, believe it or not, is uh, many layered. Uh, Hard to believe it's been this long ago, but back in the late 1970s, when I was a, a high school kid, Knew I want to be a basketball coach. I worked up at a basketball camp in Montreal for a gentleman by the name of Richie Spears, who was an outstanding player and one of the great Canadian basketball coaches. I, I made I met many friends that week. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Eddie Pomacalla, who I still stay in touch with, uh, and was a longtime coach at Bishop's University in Lennoxville, Quebec, uh, was one of my really first friends from the from basketball up north, if you will. And so that's that's over 40 years ago. And uh, ironically, one of a, a guy that you may n- know his name, if you don't know who he was, uh, Tom Konchalski, uh, arguably the greatest basketball recruiting evaluation guru who just passed away in the last year, a New Yorker who uh, Actually, Dan Grunfeld and I talked about Tom Konchalski on, on our earlier World of Basketball podcast because he was a guy that, uh, among other things, discovered Ernie Grunfeld and Bernard King. And he, and he let Tennessee know. And Tennessee had an assistant coach by the name of Stu Aberdeen at the time, who was Canadian. And and uh, Tom Konchalski's brother, Steve, has been a long, long, long time Coach grew up in New York, but uh, spent over 40 years and actually maybe 50 years or so coaching uh, up in up in the eastern part of Canada at St. Francis Xavier. He was also part of the Canadian Olympic uh, basketball movement. And uh, so Tom had a connection to Canadian basketball that goes back 50 years and kind of interesting. A lot of people didn't know that about him, that his brother Steve was has been just retired a outstanding long, long time basketball coach up there. As I travel around the ESPN world during the college basketball season, one of the things that was really clear to me about 10, 11, 12 years ago was the growth of Canadian basketball. And I should say, however, when I, when I coached at St. John's, we had a young man by the name of Colin Charles, who was a little jet, uh, 5'11", maybe 5'10", from Toronto, Eastern Commerce High School. His high school teammate, Jamal McGlure, went on and played at Kentucky, uh, I believe for Tubby Smith, and then uh, spent many years in the NBA as a player, and I believe is now 
um, a part of the Canadian basketball movement. Colin is back in Toronto coaching. And here's the interesting thing about diving into Canadian basketball. About 10, 11, 12 years ago, I was doing an Iowa State game. And Melvin Edgem was the star for the Cyclones at the time. And uh, he had a great career, went on and played for the Canadian national team, uh, had chances to play in the NBA. I believe he's still playing in Europe at a high level. And soon after he came, uh, Naz Mitru Long came along from the Toronto area as well. And it dawned on me as I was following college basketball that Toronto had great high school basketball. And uh, one of the things I said on a, on a broadcast about a decade ago is, there would come a time in the next decade where Toronto would have as many players uh, coming out of their city as any city in North America. And I think that is definitely the case today. Uh, it's, it's a cosmopolitan uh, city with people from all over the world. And uh, as I delved into this and asked my Canadian friends about the growth of Canadian basketball, I just assumed that it would be Steve Nash that kind of led the way. And, course the two-time MVP is extremely popular uh, in Canada uh, rightfully so uh, you know it probably its first great NBA star there have been others Leo Routens who's not still a broadcaster for the Raptors he played at Syracuse University played in the NBA as a first round pick with the Sixers he certainly had some impact his his, his son Andy Routens uh, was an outstanding player at Syracuse as well and then played in the NBA but uh, as I said to my Canadian friends, was it Steve Nash? Um, they said, not really. You know, the guy that was really the catalyst for the growth of Canadian basketball, especially in a major city like Toronto, was Vince Carter. Uh, the great Vince Carter was a draft pick of the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors were a fledgling NBA franchise. Um, you know, they had Damon Stoudemire, some other terrific players, Marcus Camby later. But really, Vince Carter was the guy that, you know, led the way uh, in many people's eyes, uh, towards the growth of Canadian basketball, the amazing dunking, uh, the exciting play. And, uh, you know, he, he's according to men, my friends up North, uh, he was a guy that really was the catalyst. The other thing interesting about Canada is that it has got a very, um, liberal immigration policy. So when you see kids like Andrew, like an Andrew Wiggins and others, um, uh, Jamal Murray, um, they're of Jamaican descent. Uh, you'll find that because Toronto is such a beautiful cosmopolitan city and is welcoming of people all over the world, that there are a lot of uh, immigrants from the Caribbean and from Africa that settle in the Toronto area. And, um, you know, let's face it, some of those uh, people and their offspring are terrific athletes. And uh, um, so there's a population up there that kind of mirrors any major city in the United States as far as kids that would be good at basketball and not just hockey, uh, which obviously for a long time was the national sport of Canada. But uh, so immigration had a factor, um, the opportunity to come to the States and at the time get great coaching uh, at the high school level and then maybe at the college level that helped. And then my friends told me that a lot of Canadian players who came down to the States and played in college, um, maybe had some pro careers, uh, you know, in their background, have gone back and now are coaching kids of the second and third generation. And you'll see this year in college basketball, well over 100 Division I men's players and same on the women's side. 
um, that are now playing at the collegiate level. And of course, now um, the uh, that culture, that Canadian basketball culture is spawning uh, NBA players. You know, I'm going to forget guys, but right off the top of my head, I mentioned Andrew Wiggins, uh, Kelly Olenek's been a longtime NBA player, another Gonzaga guy. Kevin Pangos is in the NBA. Jamal Murray recovering from an injury uh, out in Denver. Obviously, R.J. Barrett, who, by the way, his father runs the Canadian basketball program, you know, Team Canada. Rowan was an outstanding player at St. John's. I actually missed him by one season. And had I gotten to St. John's in 1995, I would have coached Rowan his senior year. So uh, that's really kind of a nutshell of the growth of Canadian basketball in a, a five or six minute uh, um, freewheeling uh, top of mind thought process from me. And now, obviously, uh, the next step uh, for Canadian basketball is to qualify uh, not only for the World Cup in uh, 2023, but uh very disheartening this year that uh, they were knocked out of Olympic qualifying uh, in Victoria, British Columbia, where they hosted uh, by the Czech Republic, who uh, uh, took one of the uh, at-large spots in late June, I believe it was, to go to the Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, so that's the next step for Canadian basketball. A lot of talent up there north of the border, still cultivated, still growing. You'll find it all around college basketball. Zach Eady from Purdue who we'll have on our show here in the next couple of weeks, like Andrew Nemhart and so many others is starring for Purdue. But um, so that's, that's my, that's my take on, on my friends up North. And uh, again, I have a lot of, a lot of basketball friends up there and a lot of respect for the playing and the coaching up North. Hey, before we get to Andrew, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe uh, to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, uh, we're out there. Subscribe, rate us, give us a five star. If you like the content, the bosses like it. They want to know that people are paying attention and we'll continue to bring you every week. You know, very interesting guest on the world of basketball. Also, if you've not downloaded uh, the SXM app on your phone, do so. And you can go back, not only to hear any of the 65 or so podcasts that we've already recorded, but so much great content on the world of the Sirius XM app. It's uh, amazing. And uh, I do it every week. I listen to podcasts every day. And uh, uh, I think you'll enjoy going back and revisiting some of the great guests we've had. So today we've got Andrew Nemhart, as I mentioned at the top, uh, played, uh, high school, uh, played high school basketball in the United States at Montverde Academy. Uh, one of the first guys along with uh, uh, Rowan, uh, excuse me, uh, RJ Barrett, uh, Marcus Carr, who's starring at uh, Texas right now. Um, so he, he, he'll he tell you about playing at Montverde. Uh, Andrew was a two-year starter at uh, Florida. And then he decided to transfer to Gonzaga, where last year he was a major factor in Gonzaga's incredible uh, undefeated run right up until the championship game, where they obviously lost to a great Baylor team, who, by the way, has also had its share of great Canadian players including uh, Kenny Cherry, who uh, may be playing in the World Cup, I believe, for Canada, and uh, the great Brady Heslop, one of the great shooters to ever come out of the Big Ten. And uh, so Scott Drew, no no foreigner to uh, going up north and cultivating that talent. Uh, 
you know, a mine up there, if you will. So without further ado, here's a great 30 minute or so conversation with Andrew Nemhart, uh, who uh, may be heading towards all American status this year with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Well, we got a very special guest on World of Basketball today, a young guy I've been watching really since he played high school basketball and uh, on the summer circuit uh, internationally. But you know him now as the point guard at Gonzaga, one of the top teams in, in college basketball, Andrew Nemhart. Uh, Andrew, how you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm super excited to be on the podcast for sure. Well, I've already got a chance to spend a little time with you this uh this season, if you remember, I wore my Canadian uh, national team T-shirt for you at practice that day. Uh, I do remember that. <laughs> good. So we're going to cover a bunch of that stuff. Uh, hey, first of all, uh, just big picture. Um, what do you remember most about last season? Mm-hmm. You know, when you think back your first year at Gonzaga, it was such a strange year, COVID and everything else. What, what's the biggest memory you'll take away from your first year at Gonzaga? Yeah, man, last year was a different year. And I think the biggest thing I could take from last year, just that really the the family I made in, in Spokane, how quick I made it. And like, they just kind of, I came, it was COVID. I didn't, couldn't really meet a lot of people because of the restrictions and stuff. So they just they just brought me in with, with open arms. And I just, I really truly became part of the family. And just, that was the best part that happened to me last year, for sure. What, what do you remember on the court? Uh, now, obviously, we can talk about the final game of the year, but what do you remember about the season itself, the journey? The season, um, just on the court, we just had so many so many veterans that just been in college for so long. So that was probably probably my best year at basketball when it comes to just having a team that's just so connected and so easy to play with. Um, and that was just what I loved, playing with those guys last year. Yeah, that was fun. You, I mean – there were there were nights where you guys were absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, it was a, it was a different guy every night. It was anybody, you know. One of the things, uh, and I'll just touch on this. Uh, Coach Few told me when I was out there a few weeks ago how how important Corey Kispert was as a leader. Is there being a point guard? Is there anything you saw? And you've been around some great ones, national team at Montverde. Is there anything you took away from Corey as a leader, not just as a player, that you kind of said? I can I can add to that. I can add to my own leadership ability. Yeah, just um how bought in he was to that role in the team. And he was he was always thinking about ways of of how he could get better as a leader and how he could lead us in different ways every day and kind of just spiced it up and he he made it his own thing. So I think that was the best thing I could take from him. Yeah. Uh this season's a little different. The crowds are back. McCarthy's rocking. I saw it when I was out there for Texas. Uh you guys played in Vegas. Uh, what what's that feeling like going out, let's say in Vegas and playing in front of 20,000 people? Man, that feeling was something that I definitely missed a lot um, last year. And it's just, it's honestly indescribable unless you're on the court. It's just, it's just a great feeling. So much energy, so much adrenaline pumping through your body. And um, it's just, it's just so, so happy to have the fans back in the, in the stadiums this year. What about your first game this year at McCarthy? You know, I, I, even Lewis and Clark State, I was there for that game exhibition game it was packed what's it like running out on the court at mccarthy with the with the zag students there yeah. breaking those bleachers yeah that um honestly that that those first couple of games i've never had so much like kind of nerves going into a game just because of having been around fans in so long so that was that was different that was just it's just such a unique and exciting experience um at the mac center it was just something you got to experience for sure 
Yeah, it's awesome, man. All right, I, I another another big picture question for you. Why is Canadian basketball? By the way, I want to just tell you this. Melbourne Melbourne Edgem was a good friend when he played at Iowa State. And you know, I know your family knows Mel. Yeah. I said 10 years ago when he was playing in a Nas Long that Toronto in a, in, a, in 10 years would have the best high school basketball in North America. And I think I'm close to being right. Yeah. Why is Canadian basketball booming right now? Man, I think it's just the, the love for the game in, in Toronto and Canada right now is just at, a, is at an all-time high. And I think the coaches that we have um, like in the youth programs and and just the the guys that are developing the game around the younger players are just making it making it just grow at a, at a at an amazing pace. And I think everybody's supportive and everybody wants to see it keep growing. So that's why it's a great environment right now. So here's my theory because you're a little younger than me. I, I've told your older, uh, you know, the coaches, the guys that played maybe in the '90s. Uh, number one, immigration. You get a lot of kids from the Caribbean, like Andrew Wiggins' family and. You know, you got people, kids, families immigrating from Africa, kids who are athletic guys. Then you then you have everybody says Steve Nash. We love Steve Nash, but people say the Raptors and Vince Carter. 100 percent, 100 percent. The Raptors, especially them winning recently, I think just even boosted it even more. Yeah. And then the last thing is a lot of the guys that the first generation before you, like I coach Colin Charles, who's now coaching at Eastern Commerce. Mm-hmm. And big, big Jamal McGlure, guys that came out in the nineties. A lot of those guys are back coaching in, in the Toronto area now, like helping out guys like you, as you came up. 100%, 100%. The coaching is, is, is getting, is getting to the next level. And I think that's just making our development just, just explode, honestly. Yeah. Your dad had a huge influence on you. Was he a player? Yeah. He played a little bit in college. Nothing crazy. Did he play like like the uh, the sea jet like the what the Canadian what do they call that? Sea yeah, he jet? played like uh like yeah the Canadian like. Where did he play? I, I want to know Toronto, York, York. Ryerson. Yeah, he played York. in York. Yeah, he went to York. I took a guess. I took a guess. Yeah. Did, so you grew up around the game, right? How how mm-hmm. how did you fall in love with it? Man, my dad was coaching before I was even born, so I would just be going to watch his game, like watch him coach coach teams and stuff like that. And he he definitely brought me onto the game at a young age. I started when I was three years old and I, I grew up in a kind of a small town that's not really big big yeah. basketball town more of a hockey kind of environment and I just I grew up and I kind of my dad just drove me everywhere and kind of just got me to the got me to the best coaches and always just let me succeed and gave me the best opportunity were there, were, there, were there any guys he took you to see that you remember now as guys that have turned out to be really good players I think Wiggins right was 100% I used to go to watch Kevin Pangos who's Lives probably ten minutes down the street from me. Yeah, um, all the time. I used to watch Andrew Wiggins all the time because I used to play in Vaughn and he played for Vaughn. So yeah, definitely those two were the main guys I used to watch when I was younger. What do you remember about Kevin back in that day? Man, he was just like a small suburban kid that just <laughs> everybody would count out honestly, and he just like you always hear stories about how he gets in the gym uh, like at a at a great like a, a high rate and just. His his work shows in the court, and he was just he was just shooting it, and he was just killing dudes in the city, and and, no, and nobody would expect it. Yeah, I, I covered Kevin a lot uh, during his time, and he's actually been a guest on the podcast and a clo- close friend of my family. Uh, my son James is close with Kevin and David Stockton and those guys, so it's uh it's cool to watch it's cool to watch him. Uh, you uh you play why why'd you end up I I, I here, here's what I told you you know my my old my younger son Matt played at Harvard with. 
a guy you know, Chris Eggie. Mm-hmm. And Chris, I think, was the guy that started the Montverde pipeline, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, he did. How did you dis- how did you and your dad decide that Montverde would be a good place for you? Yeah, actually, my dad used to train Chris all the time. And I used to practice with him. He used to go to a school that was probably five minutes down the street from my house. Yeah. Um, so I got we we got my my parents got real cool with his parents and they just created that relationship. So when he went down, he kind of referred me to the coaching staff, and that's kind of how we got that connection going and how kind of continue that that Canadian pipeline. Before we talk about Coach Boyle and Montverde, am I right or wrong that Chris Aggie someday could be the Canadian Prime Minister? You're 100% right. I would not be surprised. (laughs) I'm going to be an old man. You're going to be retired from the NBA, and we're going to be talking about that someday. I'll I'll be like Hubie Brown doing games like when I'm 85. (laughs) We'll be be talking about Prime Minister Chris Aggie, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That would be cool. What what did you – what was it like playing at Montverde? And like, first of all, what was it like? What was it like playing for Coach Boyle? Because I've known Coach a long time, and he's not an easy guy to please. One hundred percent. I love I love playing for Coach Boyle. I've always kind of growing up played for guys with that same kind of edge and energy that Coach Boyle brings every day. And um, I love playing for him. I still go back and kind of um, connect with those players and connect with him. He's just great guy. He's in it for the players, and he just pushes you every day to kind of get to your best. Before you went to college, playing for him, how much of an advantage was it before you before you got to Gainesville? Yeah, it was a huge advantage because we're we're playing in college basically practices in high school. We're playing against college players with the with the amount of high major talent on those teams. Just it's it's the only way the only way it's only going to help you get better. You know, right? Who 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 were some of the guys on your team? Uh, that that uh, that everybody knows because I know that you had a few. I mean, a lot of guys become really good players, NBA, college. Yep. Um, I had RJ was on my team. Yep. Um, of course, Marcus was, Carr. Marcus Carr was on my team. Yep. Um, Rashawn Black, who plays at um UNC, Philip Petrosev, um, who played at Gonzaga. Yep. Um, also had Michael DeVoe, who's he's leading college basketball and scoring right now. He was, he was lot, yeah. my senior year play with me. Um, we had the twins from uh, Rhode Island, Makai and Mikkel. Yep, the Mitchells. Yep, the big guys. So we had a lot of dudes kind of coming in and out. Balsa. So practice was, oh, yeah, Balsa too. Yeah, Balsa Copravica. Uh, so competition was awesome. And practice before you play games. Mm-hmm. It was exciting. It was exciting. Every day at practice was better than the games at Montverde for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, you, you why when you transferred, I, you had two good years at Florida. We don't have to get. I, I love Coach White. I'm sure you still have a good relationship with him. You had an opportunity to go to Gonzaga. Um, I think probably having Kevin Pangos as a role model, and then I think you played with Kelly Olynyk on a net. Was did you play with those guys before you transferred? Did they give you a rundown of what you could expect if you did end up at at Gonzaga? Yeah, they definitely do. I play with him. I play with Kelly. I play with um, Kyle Wilcher and yep. Kevin. Um, I think one of those summers when I was still with Florida, and they were just they were just telling me. I think it was, I was in the process of transferring, and they were they were just telling me how um, how the program here was, and, and just the family environment and and the development. And I just I just wanted to keep be a part of that, honestly. Yeah, but who's the better shooter, Pangos or Wilcher? That's. That's a tough question, man. Well, that's why I asked I, you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't, don't I get don't in trouble, know. man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that question. Okay. Today. All right. I, I've 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 talked to Coach uh, 
few about that. He can't even give me a good answer. Those guys are just snipers, honestly. Those two guys are great shooters. I know it. Um, what's that feeling like playing for your for your country? What's it like? Last summer you played for the Canadian Olympic qualifying team. What's what's that feeling like? Uh, it's indescribable, honestly. You 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 play in the in the youth programs growing up, and everybody's goal is to play for that that national team, and especially the the senior team is just an even bigger accomplishment. I think it just really really um just representing your country at the highest level. And it's just something I've dreamed about and it's just so exciting. And, I, and I've, I would love to keep doing that in the future. Coach Nurse, I know, told me he had a lot of confidence in you. What did you get out of that experience uh, playing against really basically pros? Yeah, um, that year I had a great experience. Just the this, the guys we had on our team just just developed my game and gave me so much wisdom off the, on and off the court um, that just grew me to the next level. Coach Nurse had um giving me ultimate freedom and just allowed me to kind of be myself and, and the whole coaching staff and they just they just made my game just keep developing for sure is there anybody you played against that you can remember like an nba guy or somebody that uh you know like maybe the average fan doesn't know you go damn man this guy is good yeah um i really like joe angles when we played australia yeah he was just a super smart player in the ball screen can make plays for himself and others yeah, um, can really guard. He's just a, a real, real underrated player, in my opinion. He's one of the great pick and roll guys in the NBA. You know, he's so slow, and yeah. he, he just reads everything. And then he throws those cross court passes. You know, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. How, how much do you enjoy playing? I, I'm 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 a pick and roll nut. I love pick and roll. I love I love guys like Della Vadova and Patty Mills. And how how much do you enjoy being in pick and roll? I love it. I think um, I excel in pick and roll, honestly. And I've just I've taken I've watched film from guys like CP3 is probably one of the best. Yes, he James is. Harden, yes, he is. amazing player in the ball screen. I think I just love watching those guys. And it's it's obviously a huge part of the game in today's basketball. So, some as a point guard, you need to kind of master. Yeah, we we uh, I I do I do these pick and roll tutorials with uh, college guys and some NBA draft picks. We always use CP3. I think he's the greatest of all time. Yeah, I think so too. I think because so too. He, he come he comes off a ball screen exactly the same way every time, yeah. and and doesn't matter what coverage it is it he's got an answer for it. You know, that's I got that from Steve Nash. By the way, I'm going to give you a little secret. I once asked Steve Nash at, at a basketball camp, "What do you do with every pick and roll coverage?" He says, "I got a solution for every defensive coverage they have." So 100. Yeah. There's always some counter. Somebody yeah, can do something. counter it. And I've seen you do that too. I've seen some hostage dribbles. I've seen some, uh, I've seen some, I've seen some sneaky stuff. All right, tell me about your, tell me about your team right now. Uh, you're playing a great schedule. Um, tell me what you think right now your team strengths are, and then things that you you can see as a veteran and a leader now. The thing. Let's start with the strengths. What do you see as your team's uh, Gonzaga's strengths right now? Yeah, I think um, one of our strengths. Even though Gonzaga is always known for their offense and how how we kind of get the ball turning, people moving on and off the ball, I think the biggest strength we have this year is our defense. With how many quick guards we have to kind of pressure the ball, and how much length we have, and and then at the rim we have Chet to kind of just send a lot of things away. So I think even though we're not really there yet, I think our biggest strength this year will be our defense. And what is it? What is a Obviously, you're coming off a very tough game. Alabama hits a ton of great shots. What, what, uh, instead of asking you about weaknesses, what's something that coach few, what, what did you go back into gym this week and work on? 
Yeah, this week, um, we're kind of just working on little things when it comes to like rebounding or just just defensive coverage, just being in the right spot on the help side or getting tags and just just having a younger team. It's just there's little things that when you're playing college basketball it might seem like it's routine, but you kind of gotta gotta nail them on, at a pretty high rate to kind of be successful. And I think those are like the little things we're trying to trying to kind of lock in on lately. You got Hickman, you got Salas, you got some other young guys, Dominic Harris, when he gets back, what are some of the things that you as a leader are telling them that, you know, they're going to be great players eventually, but what are you telling them about like your freshman year, things that they're learning now that can help them as you guys hit the meat of your schedule? Yeah, just, um, just to stick with it. There's going to be lots of, lots of tough games um coming from high school to college a lot of like every every opponent on a nightly base can beat you and it's, it's it's a lot more competitive and um I just tell these guys to kind of just stay in the gym that's the that's the way you could you can keep your confidence high and when you stay in the gym the confidence will come in the games yeah so. what's uh what's Chet Holmgren doing that impresses you on a daily basis Chet um what I love about him is he's 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 uh always trying to learn. He's always asking questions, always in the gym. Whether even if he's not in the gym, getting up shots, he's in there watching film or trying to trying to just get 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 his game better. And I think that's the biggest thing I like about him. He he he's humble. He understands he needs to get better, and um, he's trying to get better. Somebody who's not always humble, but he's really really good is uh, well, the guy I call Mister Zag. Mm-hmm. True Timmy. Uh, he's going to go on Mount Rush. We have, you know what Mount Rushmore is in the States? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, you don't have a Canadian Mount Rushmore, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he's on the Mount Rushmore. When he's done at Gonzaga, I think he's going to be like Stockton, mm-hmm. maybe Pangos. You know, obviously there's a couple other guys, but it's going to be Timmy. What? Tell me about Drew Timmy. What, what's it like playing with him? No, nah, Drew, me and Drew are, I'm, we're real close. I, I, I love him and how he, he just brings his certain energy every day. And he's just, uh, he's just himself, honestly. And that's what I like about him. And everybody in the, in the program allows him to be himself. Um, and he just, he just gets us going in, in that like spiritual way and um, brings that confidence and everybody feeds off of him. Sure. I know, I know after the Texas game, I talked to coach few and he said, we got to dial him back just a little bit. Cause he was pumping, <laughs> he was doing the, you know, the, the fist pumping and the muscle stuff. But I don't think you could take that out of his game, really. Nah, you got to keep it in. That's what makes him, <laughs> honestly. You got to keep it in. Yeah. What has surprised you since you got to Gonzaga about Coach Few? You heard the stories. You heard talk to Kevin and those guys. What is it about Coach Few that, like, maybe took you took a – you know, surprised you? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it didn't really surprise me that much, but what surprised me a little bit was just how – how much he really just cares about his players from like on and off the court. He just wants you to be the best. And he really just cares about how you're doing yeah. and um, and how you're getting better and how you're, how you're acting on and off the court. Um, he just wants everybody to leave this program being a full kind of full person. You know, he's a laid back guy. Uh, how competitive is he? Uh, he's, he's the, as competitive as it can be, honestly. He's yeah. trying to win at everything. He plays pickleball <laughs> with his friends after practice. He's he's definitely trying to be the best in the in the gym. So that's yeah. that's one thing I love about him too. He's just we can relate on that level. Exactly. Uh, all right, few more few more things here. Appreciate your time. We got Andrew Nemhart on World of Basketball. Uh, 
your game. I, I pointed out some stuff recently on a, some video I did about you and transition and seeing the court and you do some of these things so well. What are a few things that you're, you know, when you're not doing team stuff that you're still working on to continue to get better? Yeah, I think um, shooting from three off the dribble, I think, is one of the, the main things I'm trying to do um, yeah. to kind of get my, get my games to the next level. Um, also, just 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 scoring the ball at, at, at all different parts of the court when it comes to finishing floaters or finishing at the rim. I'm just trying to trying to continue to kind of get that part of my game better. Yeah, you you were such a big part of the team last year. A lot of people, you know, until the NCAA allowed all the transfers to play, you were going to sit out, redshirt, get better. Uh, now that all those guys are gone, um, how have you just taken over this team? From you, a lot of people don't realize that you did a great job with Jalen last year because he didn't have to he didn't have to run the team all the time. You really took a lot of heat off this whole team. Now it's kind of your team. How have you handled that role? Because you've done that before with other teams. Yeah, I think um, with this team, it's a lot of guys coming from different places where the man at their spot. And um, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of get everybody to kind of gel. That's kind of my role is to kind of get everybody to gel and, and sacrifice for the team and buy into doing a role. And that will, in in the end, benefit everybody. You know, exactly. So I think that's, that's the biggest role I have on this team is getting everybody to kind of come together um, and, and get it done. Got it. All right. Uh, will Canada be in the 2024 Olympics in Paris? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's, it's about time. <laughs> you expect most of these guys. Like, it's been a weird two years, right? Because of COVID and, you know, NBA seasons. Mm -hmm. You expect most of the guys that are going to be, you know, in that prime of their careers to play? Yeah, I think I think we'll get a good a good group, whether it's not maybe the top 12 guys. I think we'll get. Canada has enough enough talent that if we get twelve of the top fifty, I think we should we should we should get to that point. So yeah, I'm excited, and I think twenty twenty four is that's 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 the goal for for Canada for sure. Exactly, and then you got the World Cup before that, and qualifying, and all that, all those yep. things that are, that are going on right now. All right, my friend. Listen, I hope I see you during the season. We're gonna uh, keep an eye on you and. Uh, Coach Few, uh, I'm going to miss seeing you this weekend, obviously, with no game. But, uh, you know, I've been a big fan of yours, and uh, you keep working. You're with great people. You're in a great a great program, and I, I hope I see you in uh, in March, maybe April. Uh -huh, 100%. Thank you, sir. Fun. Really appreciate it. Andrew, always a pleasure, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for being on today. Yeah, 100%. Thank you. Thanks to Andrew Nemhart for uh, – get a chance to visit with one of the top players in college basketball and talking all things Gonzaga and all things Canadian basketball. Really enjoyed it. He's a tremendous young man. His younger brother, Ryan, is going to be a really good player at Creighton. Uh, he's a starter as a freshman in the Big East. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on Ryan Nemhart. We'll probably have him on the world of basketball as he becomes more famous in the college basketball community. Also remember to subscribe and rate our podcast, wherever you get yours and uh, make sure you download the Sirius XM app where you can listen to any of our 65 shows that we've recorded already, as well as some amazing content content from every part of the SXM podcast family. World of Basketball is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Chris Tyler. The producer is Denny Gallagher. 
Special thanks to Senior Vice President of Sports Programming, Steve Cohen. Serious XM Podcasts.